Hello and welcome to Scanning Today's Let's Talk AI podcast, where you can hear from AI researchers about what's actually going on with AI and what is just clickbait headlines. This is our latest Last Week in AI episode, in which you can get a quick digest of last week's AI news, as well as a bit of discussion between two AI researchers as to what we think about this news. Actually, this week, Sharon is out of town, so we will not be having our regular discussion section. We will mainly have a summary bit, and then I'll talk a bit more about what we would have been discussing for just a brief period. We will have an interview episode coming up later this week to make up for that. That should be very interesting, so keep an eye out. But uh, yeah, to start things off, we'll hand it off to Daniel Bashir to summarize what happened in AI last week, and I'll be back in a few minutes to give you the stories we would have discussed. Hello, this is Daniel Bashir here with our weekly news summary. This week, we'll discuss AI's replication crisis, AI and your shopping habits, government-funded medical AI, and deepfake music. The fact that a great deal of AI research is difficult to reproduce isn't anything new, but recently we've seen more scientists speak out against this trend. The MIT Technology Review argues that AI is in a replication crisis. For example, a recent study from Google Health that appeared in Nature described successful trials of an AI that looked for signs of breast cancer in medical images. The study drew ire because the paper included so little information about its code and testing that the study seemed more like a promotion. A lack of transparency and an ambition to produce new results rather than replicate old experiments both contribute to the problem. A lack of open code, data, and hardware also produce barriers to replication. Reproducibility challenges in which participants are challenged to implement research papers have helped mitigate the issue. The number of researchers including code with papers submitted to NeurIPS jumped substantially in the past few years, for instance. But code alone isn't enough to reproduce results, and the research practices of private labs like OpenAI sometimes raise eyebrows. AI research will continue to be dominated by large companies, and it will be important to foster good science and make sure the wider field is also able to participate. We've all become aware of the role of recommendation systems in our lives, from recommending videos and movies on YouTube and Netflix to recommending items on Amazon. But they might be affecting your physical purchases too. As the BBC reports, retailers are also trying to use AI to predict and encourage your shopping preferences. With shopping apps that aid your grocery hunts, firms track people's behavior patterns to understand what products they like then make personalized offers. Uba Market, one such firm in the UK, has partnered with smaller convenience shop chains to use its product. The app's take-up is small, but it is growing with the aid of the pandemic. As we try to make our daily routines easier, it's worth considering how these methods might influence those routines in other ways. Our next story involves an AI advancement from the US government. The US Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, said it would pay doctors to use two AI systems, one that diagnoses a diabetes complication that causes blindness, and another that alerts a specialist when a patient's brain scan reveals that they had a stroke. Wired states that these decisions could drive wider use of AI in healthcare. CMS has begun paying for the use of other healthcare AI software that received FDA approval and convinced regulators that AI could improve health outcomes. And we've now gone even farther with taxpayer dollars being used for the adoption of medical AI. 
The backing of the US government does have the potential to drive AI adoption in not just medicine, but also a host of other areas. We've seen how deepfake technology can be used to create eerie videos featuring figures like Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un, but they can be used for audio too. The Guardian reports that OpenAI's Jukebox product has created deepfakes where songs seem to be performed by stars such as Frank Sinatra and Elvis. Deepfake music could have wide-ranging impacts in the music industry. Google's Magenta project has developed open-source APIs that allow composition using machine-generated sounds or human-AI co-creations. But as with any deepfakes, ethical and intellectual property issues abound. For example, a filmmaker could refuse to pay for using an established artist's music and make an imitation instead. Just as with many advances we're seeing today, deepfake music presents a number of industry-changing possibilities, but just as many problems to solve. That's all for this week's News Roundup. Stay tuned for a more in-depth discussion of recent events with Andre and Sharon. Alrighty, thanks Daniel and welcome back listeners. So again, a summary, uh, usually we would have a discussion section between me and Sharon, uh, two AI PhDs at Stanford, or at least, uh, you know, for now, Sharon is soon to be done with her PhD. I am more in the middle of it. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to be alone this time, and I'm going to give you just a summary of the stories we would have discussed. Interestingly, this week we planned to dive into some Reddit discussions. So on the popular machine learning subreddit, there were several threads that uh, piqued our interest, uh, one of which was titled, an Eichler submission is given a clear rejection rating because a benchmark is proposed requires Mojoko, a commercial software package, thus making RL research less accessible for underrepresented groups. What do you think? As a robotics researcher, actually, this is pretty interesting because I have used Mojoko and I'm quite aware of it. It does require a license that costs, I think, uh, $500, something like that. And uh, it's strange because some of the popular benchmarks are implemented in Mojoko, so you do have to pay to be able to uh, use them, while there are other simulators that are totally free and open source. Uh, I don't know that rejecting a paper is fair in this case, given that many other papers use Mojoko, so it's kind of unfair, but uh, it's a good discussion to have as to you know, is it ideal? Probably not. It would be ideal to use open source and free uh, simulators. And a couple other discussions uh, were how do you find the motivation to keep doing machine learning, <laughs> which is all about how, given the pace and difficulty of uh, research and making progress and yeah, just to be sheer velocity of a field, it's kind of hard to keep motivated, which I actually replied to that thread. And my main comment was basically that you can't sort of compare yourself to others. And if you want to do more theoretical, less empirical work, then that's going to take longer. Yeah, you, ideally, you always want to be driven by a scholarly attitude and not worry about how things are going for others and so on. And the last one we would have discussed 
is titled, Is There a Machine Learning Community Blind Eye Towards the Negative Impact of FANG Recommendation Algorithms of Global Society? Which is all about how the big tech companies have AI-driven recommendation algorithms that may be having bad impacts on society. So, uh, of course, uh, you know, we all have information bubbles, there's disinformation, there's various negative impacts of recommendation algorithms. And this uh, thread, which I believe was quite popular, asked if there's a blind eye. And I would say there isn't a blind eye. We are aware of it. It's discussed quite often. And people do try and work on improving the situation and making sure that people have tools to overcome the issues of recommendation algorithms. But it's true that AI is a general purpose tool. It's going to have negative consequences as well as positive ones. And now I will not bore you too much longer with just me speaking to myself. I'll just mention the other articles we were going to discuss include AI is wrestling with a replication crisis from technology review, which is uh, quite interesting. Then there is an article titled the US government will pay doctors to use these AI algorithms, which had an overview of the currently funded AI for medicine applications uh, that you can get covered under Medicare and so on. So check those articles out. No discussion from me and Sharon this week, but they are still interesting and worth looking into. And with that, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Scanner Today's Let's Talk AI podcast. You can find the articles we discussed here today and subscribe to our weekly newsletter with similar ones at scanitoday.com or Last Week in .ai, which is our newsletter. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And do please leave us a rating and a review if you like the show. We could use some feedback. We have no idea who listens to this and who enjoys it. It really is a mystery. And be sure to tune in next week.